when I was reading the script, it seemed like a really interesting uh, meditation on power. The kind of the, the corrupting nature of power, and, and then even more specifically, the female corrupting nature of power. I think we, you know, we see so often um, what that looks like uh, with, with male characters, and but it, uh, it's it's quite rare to see it um, with uh, with uh, with this female character. Also, rage. Uh, and 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 female rage in film, and I think very often it, it's uh, rage is considered something uh, n negative, but I actually think it's uh, uh, can be rather productive if you're able to harness something in the way that Gabby's able to harness the this rage that she has within her, within her, and she's able to, to to project that into something that's um, very cathartic for for her, and she's able to to express uh, these uh, demons that she has, and she's able to kind of you know unfortunately take it out on on, Poor James. on James. Give us the coward, James Foster, or I will come in shooting. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. 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 Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. It's busy season Woo. at Speak All Evil. October, ready to go. There's too much going on, as always. A lot of people really look forward to this time of year, but for us, it's just straight out. Mm. Nonstop. That's yeah. Right. What? What else do we have going on? What we got? George and Leon's coming up on October fifteenth, Sunday Ooh. night. Oh man! Westbrook, Maine, seven p.m. Double feature presentation. We are going to be hosting a showing of Hack o Lantern yep. from nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, and the classic pieces we Ooh. talked about recently. Hot beefs, hot flicks. That's exactly right, Cat. They say. After that, we're going to be at uh, the Ophodian Theater in Portland, Maine, October thirtieth. It's our annual. Speak All Evil presents film screening, Halloween costume party. Wait, I started looking for my costume this weekend. Oh, oh. how'd you do? I think I know. You we think you picks? know? I didn't, I didn't pull the trigger, but I think I know. <laughs> Anyone else? I bought my costume back in June, so I don't know oh, what you guys shit. have to do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I got two. I got, you know, I got the two. You've got two? Well, I got the, you know I got to do Elvira. Obviously, oh, so you do Elvira every year, every year on yeah. one night, and then you do the other costume. Is yeah, just yeah, for yeah. A it's night. interchangeable. I'm sorry, I'm very good at Elvira. I think we can all attest to that. You were t talking about that a couple weeks ago. You were going on and on about you should have won the costume contest. And what is oh, it? Ten out of ten. What I is should've... it that you're so good at as far as come El on, Elvira? <laughs> come on, I, come on. Tell me. We know it's the breasts, Trent. <laughs> And they're much bigger this year because I've gained some weight, so it's perfect. <laughs> well, well, George and Leon's is going to be more beef than on the menu. Hey wow. Whoa. October 30th, the Ephodian <laughs> Theater. That's uh, 7 p.m. costume party mixer and costume contest. 8 p.m. we will get on the uh, feature presentation reanimator splatter yeah. classic. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Mitch Bushno, our unofficial official artist, will be there as well. Mitch's toxic art on Instagram. Kevin saw ten. 
Saw 10. What about it? Any interest? Yeah, of course. It's out. It's more like to it's punish out? myself at this point. It's been out. It's out now. Oh, I didn't know Wait, it was already it is? out. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, I guess you're not that excited about it. I mean, I didn't say I was excited. I said I'd go see it. I'll <laughs> yeah. go see it. I just I wasn't sure it. if you were planning on it. Yeah, I will. I'm excited for the Exorcist one, I think, is the one I'm most excited about. October 6th, a couple days from when this airs. Fun fact, it was supposed to be the 13th. Yes. But Little Miss T-Swift had to come in and release her theater concert experience Era's on the tour 13th. concert film. So the Exorcist was like, we're not fucking competing with that. It. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of really pissed. really funny. I read a... a article about everybody in Hollywood being pissed when they, they had no advance notice on this Taylor Swift movie. She just announced it and everyone scrambled Dude, to change their release dates. Yeah. It could be like the Barbenheimer thing. Exo yeah. Swift. I know. Oh. Missed opportunity. I know. That would have been perfect. It does worry me if the people that made The Exorcist are worried about yeah, exactly. pandering to the T-Swift audience. Mm. They should see it as a chance to... It may tell us a little something about the movie. It may, and uh, you know what else may tell us a little something? It still hasn't been screened for any critics, and it's uh, out oh. a week from tomorrow, or it's out officially Friday. I'm sure it's sneak peeking on the 5th. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, any time they hold critical screenings, I mean, that's pretty well. It's not usually because they want to surprise everyone how great it is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Usually you want to drum up enthusiasm ahead of the release. You want a bunch of people saying it's the best thing. When everyone's bashful because of the strikes and everything, so who knows? Well, that true. Uh, That's a good point. I didn't think of that. That's true. But that you could still submit it to critics, so you can't have the act, the actors and the actresses out there promoting. But I don't know. But then the critics are scabs. We're scabs. I don't think the critics are on strike. We're not. We're not <laughs> they don't. They don't pay <laughs> sags. <laughs> Uh, also, we... this month, you guys heard about John Carpenter's Suburban Screams? I did. I yes, about yes, yes. TV series. It's a six-episode horror anthology coming to Peacock. Yep. I think it's... Is it a documentary? Is it like real life They're They're supposedly... Screams? The pitch that I saw was that the stories are from real life, whatever that means. I don't know. They're not I mean, like documentaries. I think they're fictional or they're dramatized, I believe. I mean, I love a forensic file situation, so I'm obviously gonna watch that peacock is really pandering to our type of people this season and i think it's good uh, there's so much stuff out there that is unavailable in the horror genre it's cool when uh, you get a flood on any particular streaming service i also saw a release date has been set for smile 2 yeah october 18th 2024 next year this week it's uh, what what is this week well, it's either failed writers week. Oh yeah. <laughs> or orgy week. Yes. I thought you said lifestyles of the rich and heinous. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> lifestyles. I, did say of I like the that rich one. And heinous. We're going to start with uh, this year's Infinity Pool, written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. After 6 slow years of inactivity, unsuccessful novelist James Foster now questions his talent. And at this point in life, James is willing to try everything to overcome the chronic writer's block. Perhaps the sandy beaches and the picturesque serenity of a tropical paradise would do the trick. Instead, as the blocked author and his supportive publishing heiress wife, M, look for inspiration in an exclusive resort overlooking the sea, a millisecond of inattention destroys the couple's tomorrows. 
Now, isolated from reality and bound by the draconian laws of a strange land, James and M have some tough, life-altering decisions to make. But money buys everything. As things get out of hand, can those who can afford sin find a loophole to save their skin? Okay, early spoiler warning this week. Infinity Pool is a series of reveals from the beginning to the end, so if you haven't seen Infinity Pool, we all loved it. It's one of our favorites of this year. Fair warning, the rest of this episode is pretty spoilery. Infinity Pool fucks harder every single time I watch it. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Yes. Agreed. I absolutely love this movie. I took way too long to see it. Uh, I guess I wasn't as dazzled by Possessor as I was this. Um, The macabre masks, the chaos. These guys are fucking hardcore rich people doing like the craziest next level shit. Alexander Skarsgård is amazing as James Foster and Mia Goth as motherfucking wifey. My God, mm. she is so hard in this movie. I, I love this. I think that Brandon Cronenberg is creating his own voice. And I see uh, glimpses of what David Cronenberg did, but it no longer is so close to that. I think my favorite movie of this year. I would have to agree. Love this was love at first watch. We talked about Possessor. We talked about Antiviral on uh, Patreon. This is his third feature. And for me, this is everything you want and more when you hear that Brandon Cronenberg is making a movie about the resort from hell. This is what I would, this is more than I would want. When I saw this at the theater, I was blown away. It was more than I expected. It was more than I felt I deserved. And I, I think on, you know, I was like, God yeah. damn. I knew yeah, this was going to be. You, you, should know, like, you should like yourself. Messed up stuff, but. You deserve this. Woo. You deserve this. And it plays harder now. I mean, this thing is, this is a crazy movie. Totally, totally nuts. It's got it all. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I would say it's my favorite movie of the year so far. I love Talk to Me. You know, I loved Evil Dead Rise. That's not going to be a favorite. Um, Knock at the Cabin. I was trying to think of some of the stuff on on streaming new this year, but nothing really jumped to mind that I saw that wasn't a theatrical release that I loved. I feel like it's been a slower year, but this this was released in January. Still number one for me. I haven't seen anything like this. It's on Hulu right now. If you haven't seen Infinity Pool, must must see in my opinion. Must. Who doggy. I really wasn't sure what to expect from this one. Obviously, the cast was great. We got Mia Goth and her creepy little Victorian doll voice throughout. The story itself was very interesting and just made me loathe and despise rich people even more until I eventually probably become one. Right, guys? From the podcast? Not seeing it. No? Okay. JK, the system is broken. As soon as I saw... Those fucking masks at the beginning, I was like, yep, this is definitely a Cronenberg movie, for sure. They were very irksome, and for one split second, I thought they were like the the, the legitimate faces of characters in yeah, the movie. Yeah, I did too. That's such and a And I was like, oh, no. Immediately, like, I don't want to watch this These movie anymore. These servants are really... Uh, I'm like, why would you... But, but that's a funny... That's kind of a funny... I don't know. That's... If we think about, you know... 
when we get more into the film and like the rich people being shitty, it's like they probably would have weird misshapen people be their serpent serpents servants. It seemed to be an adequate amount of bloody effects and gore. And I was very satiated in that sense as well. I loved the ending. I thought it was really good. So good. Oh my God. I think it, it, it showed the difference for me between like Skarsgård and the rest of those wealthy tourists, obviously, because they're all like, oh, so what are you guys going to do when you get back? And he's just like fucking like saving Private Ryan, just like, just like kind of looking out. I kind of thought of this correlation between him and them in that like he married into this wealth. He came as being like a starving artist and all that stuff and then like found his wife who's been wealthy her whole life. So I was like, well, maybe they were kind of getting at Maybe it's like something inherent with you when you're born to privilege as opposed to when you kind of come into it later in life. But then, I don't know, there has to be something in your DNA, though, because... She's, she's the only one that didn't like Well, that's what I'm game. saying. Well, yeah. that's what I was saying, though. So I was like, well, there's that, but then there's something. there has to be something in your DNA because she was just like, nah, I'm out, like, right off the bat. So it was kind of like, it made you think one thing, but then I kind of, like, took a different take... I don't know. She's a party pooper. She's kind of a pooper. I think there's a lot to unpack here. You could like delve into like, you know, all the different classes uh, throughout the resort and like going off the resort and and all that stuff. But it was great. Great film. It's mean that this movie was released in uh, January, first and foremost, because I'd already kind of forgotten about it. (laughs) Uh, And then I went to watch it, uh, just looked it up on Prime and was like, oh, shit, I bought this. I liked Possessor so much that I think anything that Cronenberg, uh, little Cronenberg does at this point, I'm, I'm going to eat up. Mia Goth, just forget about it. I got the movie <laughs> with Mia Goth and Jenna Ortega. Somebody find a way to put Rebecca Hall in a movie with those two, uh, mm. and that's the only movie I'll watch for the rest of my life. Whatever Skarsgård is in this is amazing. Um, <laughs> Goth is amazing, but it's a really cool cast around them as well. Uh, and we haven't really touched upon the fact that the entire rich twist is you can do whatever you want and they'll just create a body double of you to pay the consequences, um, which is kind of like the whole classism thing and delves into everything. But yeah, I didn't think that, I knew that Possessor was missing something and I didn't think on his third film that he would put everything together so well. It was interesting loving this. Back when it came out, I hadn't revi- I think I watched it on a flight or something since my initial watch. So I hadn't revisited it in a while and with like this much like watching it so intently. I a lot of the reviews were like, yeah, Cronenberg still hasn't put it together. There's too much like ambiguity in this, too many questions that are unanswered. I disagree. I feel like this is about as straightforward as you're going to get from a Cronenberg film. And there are a lot of things that we can debate and things that you can question, but I I don't know. A lot of the reviews that I saw that said, oh, this is too weird. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I disagree. Maybe we just watch enough fucked up stuff that things like this make sense to us now. But to me, I was just like, okay, you know, it's scary. It's sexy. It's grimy. Um, it's got all those great performances. Uh, yeah, Cronenberg is killing it. Three for three. So... The only part of the movie that I didn't find as exciting was when he goes all in. So they meet a group of people that sort of 
let them into like this lifestyle and what you can get away with at this resort and in this country or whatever, Litolka, whatever made up place uh, this is. And when they actually, when he goes all in on them and they go on like their little escapades, I actually found that to be like a little bit boring. Um, a little bit too like, all right, now we're doing like the home invasion and stuff it's like, like that. It's when he yeah, started yeah. to actually like <clears throat> think he's going a little bit too far that I got like re-engaged. So to me, that was the only part of the movie that that kind of dragged and was a little bit like paint by numbers. Um, but still, it's Cronenberg. Nothing is paint by numbers. So It wasn't obvious, but I was starting to wonder about which James, James is the writer, is, is Skarsgård. I was starting to wonder about which James was actually killed at a certain point. I think that's right. the best yeah. question that the movie asks. And yeah. I actually think that that's, there's two things this movie does that I really enjoyed that I think other writers might have beaten to death. So, like, you have a body double. The body double is murdered to pay for your crimes or whatever. Right. But they tell you that, like, it retains all of your memory. It has it to be. that it's you. Yes. It's a sentient. It's fully a conscious and aware, and it's aware of the crime that... And you just and spent more time describing that than the movie does. Yeah. You get a quick explanation <laughs> quickly, from the detective. Yes. And then after James dies for the first time, he meets the larger group of people and yeah. one of the doctors just asked that question, like, how do you know it's you? They, they, how do you know it's you and not the double? Yeah. Like, how do you know who you really are? They only spend about a minute's worth of time total talking about it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like other movies would have beaten it to death. Definitely. But it is, it really did. If you sit and think about it a long time, it can fuck with you because if it, if it does retain all of your memories and everything, what does it matter? Right. Does it matter if it's you or the double? I was wondering about the. Each time, you know, you're duplicated, like a loss of fidelity, you know, where you each time you're duplicated, you're like, like a, a little like bit a less of, of yourself. Yeah, of who you were. And, and you know, we, we like talked. Like Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Son of a gun. I was going to say that. <laughs> um, and we talked about, like, these are the ultra rich. They're at a resort. A lot of this, some of the, at least some of the resort stuff was was based on uh, a real life experience of Brandon Cronenberg. He went to one of these resorts like 20 years ago he wrote this movie before they filmed possessor and he based it in part on this trip he had where uh, to the dominican republic and he was talking about how you get down there and and they bus you to this place in the middle of the night and you get there and it's this all this splendor but there's razor wire around the building and he said the atv incident that happens in this one of the locals is like terrorizing the beach with the atv that actually happened and then at the end of the trip, oh, also the Chinese restaurant in the fake town, that was a real thing that he went to and thought it was so weird. But he said on the way home, they when they bust you out in the daylight and you go through all the brutal, unbelievable poverty that surrounds this whole resort and you realize the whole time you've been partying in this resort, you haven't been to the Dominican Republic at all. You've yeah. been to some fake thing. And on the way home, they show you what you actually we're in the middle of, and he said he found it so creepy and weird and gross feeling that that was like part of the uh, idea behind the movie. Do you think that's what Sandals Jamaica is like? I, I think they all are. I, I really want to go to Sandals Costa Jamaica. Costa Rica that was like that. This could, this could have been called The Last Resort. Papa Roach. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was expecting the locals to come back in at some point yeah uh they never do yeah and i kind of half thought that these guys might be the locals infiltrating right affluent people at first yeah the other thing the movie 
doesn't do that I expected it to is you pointed out that he's a struggling writer. So he has like writer's block. He wrote this one book. Mia Goth kind of pulls him in because she's a fan. She's a fan. Yeah. I thought that like it would do the cliche thing where the first time that he sees himself get murdered or get killed, he would suddenly be inspired. Mm. And the writer's block is gone. And here we go. Nope. I actually love the fact that Cronenberg didn't touch it. Never circled back. Fuck this. You know what? I don't need writing. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is this is fucking what I need. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of actually that that kind of makes me think of of people do do all kinds of things to be inspired, but they're really they're just doing this thing. It's, they're not really like it's right. not really inspired. No, it's they almost just like enjoy doing this. The smile on his face when he first sees his his first double get killed is almost like, well, fuck this. Like I I've been out here like torturing myself as like this struggling artists yes like, i just yes. want to let all of it go yes like i'm not going to use this as inspiration like all oh, that's bullshit i like anti-art week yes big yeah. time good call <laughs> yeah and uh cronenberg talks about that in some of the interviews he talks about the idea that when someone is released from responsibility they're released from any consequence kind of things that can happen to an identity and and the you know the ultra wealthy thing is is a piece of it but he he was talking about seeing it in a in a larger context and he used the example of like people at war like soldiers out in the field of battle being totally free from the constraints of of any traditional responsibility any traditional consequence that it might have and you have all these atrocities that unfold once people feel like they're released from that that's kind of that moment you see where he realizes he almost he has a light bulb moment that I can now do anything I want. I don't have to worry about writing. I don't have to worry about this. It's funny because the last consequence that he has, and I like this development in the film, you called her a party pooper. So Skarsgård's wife, M, that's his last like hurdle. Right. Is he is like yes. He's so excited <laughs> and she is so repulsed by what they just did. Yeah. And he immediately decides that he jettisons her. Okay. Uh, I can get her out of here. Oh yeah, you go back to the States. <laughs> I lost my password my passport, wink yeah. wink. I I have no idea where it is. That's kind of like the last thing that's keeping him tethered to like traditional consequences is oh my wife doesn't like this. And once she's gone, that's when then he's he just can like, really party. he's off the chain. Yeah. I love a good prank, and there's a really good prank in this movie. It's <laughs> a lot of good pranks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the meanest. <laughs> <laughs> the best prank. So they get him, they, they rope him into kidnapping this guy, <laughs> and he kidnaps a guy, and they, they, he has a bag over his head, and he, he's in an army uh, jacket. And they, he, he thinks it's like the police it. officer that like arrested him or or yeah, killed him or something the, like. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Kicks the shit out of him, pisses all over his face, <laughs> and they take the bag <laughs> off, and it's him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> great job! Like that's what I would immediately go to. I like how mischievous uh, these people are. They're just like gone completely off the deep end. Yeah, yeah. I my favorite double was the dog. The dog. Yeah, when he when when he comes out on the leash the same double that he the beats dog. the shit out of and pisses on they oh. continue she starts, the dog she the dog the dog. The dog yeah yeah yeah, oh. yeah. I was like there. what dog was there I, I yeah. saw a, uh, yeah. I saw a clip yeah. of of Cronenberg at one of the film festivals at, uh, on a panel and uh, he came out on a leash and had wow <laughs> <laughs> no wow it's hard yeah he's fucking hard kinky uh, do you think maybe 
the reason that his wife wasn't totally on board with it was because she didn't kill her double. She didn't understand. She just saw her husband she get didn't murdered. Know the, the, she didn't know the thrill of seeing yeah. yourself. She's not really else... looking for anything, though. I think they targeted him specifically. Because... No, but I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering if maybe no, she great, would have been more question. on board if she also had to watch herself die, and then she'd be like, oh, okay. Okay, I'll, I'll answer your question with a maybe related question. Was the initial crime a fake or a setup? That's what I'm Good wondering. Question. Yeah. I know suddenly the lights on the car are going in and out. I don't think there was any way he was going to get back to the resort without committing. I think they were going to make sure yeah. she something said happened. at one point that they were going to set him up and then he did it himself. Oh, oh she that's does. Right. Okay. She does that's say right. that she when, does. She's, <laughs> when she's <laughs> finally letting him know that he's a piece of shit. And that's what they've thought the entire we didn't time. even have to do anything. My favorite yeah. anti-art okay. right. moment was when she was reading one of his reviews to yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <was> so good. <laughs> and that whole part where she's just screaming with her mouth wide open is so amazing. That, that whole, her like, whole. her on the hood of the car, like, yes. uh, that oh rivals, God. like, so scenes good. from, like, Pulp Fiction. That is um, I mean, that is, like, yeah, it's, it's like a Tony pretty iconic. I didn't even notice until this time <laughs> when she's on the hood of the car and she's drinking the wine or the champagne or whatever. I didn't even notice the first time the bucket of chicken next to her. There's yeah, also yeah, a bucket, bucket of fried like, chicken. Like, KFC style. <laughs> I can live in the dream. That's well, all I want to do. Yelling at James. <laughs> You're so vain, James. I can't believe you thought we read your book. <laughs> it's me a goth world. We're just fucking living yeah. in it. What's she going to be in next? What's she doing next? The X, triple X, or whatever? Triple X. Maxine, <laughs> triple X. Yes, Maxine. Yeah. I'm waiting for yeah. this is the third film in the X Pearl trilogy, I think. Supposed yeah, to be next year. If you guys wouldn't roll your eyes at me, I was just going to throw Pearl on for next week because oh. I'm just like that. I but I'm shan't. not going to. I, I, Spoiler alert. I no. wonder if, uh, I'm beginning to wonder, if Mia Goth just goes off and directors don't direct her at all. Well, I, I Because they, yeah. she has a similar vibe in a lot of movies. Yeah, I, I read um, an interview where Cronenberg talks about her and that he wanted to work with her for a while before this, and he was saying that he looks for people that he just that he thinks just have an energy, regardless of what they're doing. And he was talking about that scene in particular when she's on the roof of the car and the more wilder scenes. That he was saying how you know she can do anything, but you can always you can always dial people like that. You can always dial them back on set, or you can dial them back in in post during the edit or whatever. But so a few people can actually get there, get to those moments that she's doing. That he just was like you know. The, she was pretty much just let her go. Yeah, her progression's amazing. I mean, Skarsgård does a phenomenal job with his progression, and they're very different paths. Her progression from... Her reveal, really. Almost, I don't want to say, like, naive, but, like, yeah, I guess naive. Like, I'm a little fan of your book, and, oh, by the way, I'm, like, an actress in commercials, oh. and I, I play, like, the, the always failing. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> really To, to the it. scene that you're talking about, like, by the end. But then what's even more brilliant, what Kat hinted at, is all of a sudden at the end, they all just flip the script. She goes from screaming and eating chicken on the hood of a car to, like, well, we're going to have a barbecue next weekend. Like, yes. what are you going to do when you get home? And, like, yes. oh, I've got, like, soccer Very, practice. <laughs> just normcore tourist on the way home from a relaxing trip at the resort. 
This didn't really make any money. Made $5 million. I couldn't find a budget on this. It had to be more than $5 million. I so. couldn't find a budget, but I saw it called a box office failure. Did not make oh, money. I mean, Skarsgård himself was probably $5 million. <laughs> so. It was such a good movie. It does have some cool tie-ins to, our, to other films that we've talked about, though. Uh, the cinematographer did Hobo with a Shotgun. Oh, wow. And I don't think we really got into like the technical aspects of Hobo with a Shotgun <laughs> too you, much in our you guys in our it. conversation. But Kareem Hussain was the cinematographer. Um, he did the other Cronenberg features, but he also did We Are Still Here, okay, the Ted yeah. Gagan flick yeah, that we did. Yeah, about that. And then you've got uh, just some other... Uh, Amanda Bruegel plays Jennifer. She's one of the cast members, or one of the uh, extended rich people group yes. that they meet. Yeah. Uh, she was in Jason X, but That's she was right. in Becky. Yes. Uh, that we talked about, which, by the way, Wrath of Becky is out there. The sequel didn't get a whole lot of press or fanfare, no, but it's, I haven't seen it's it. awesome. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I stand by that. Oh, nice. Okay. John Ralston was Dr. Modan, and again, one of the uh, extended people. He was in Ready or Not that we've talked about. And then uh, Thresh, Detective Thresh, is in everything you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just a great, great cast. So There's another angle to this identity theme which is all all three Cronenberg Brandon Cronenberg movies I think are, are very much concerned with identity and the you know, possessor maybe even more explicitly than than this one but Cronenberg was talking about social media and a little bit different of an angle than I've really considered before we always talk about social media and the ill effects of constantly watching people that way, the kind of the voyeuristic aspect of it and how that leads to so, so many feelings of jealousy or envy or insecurity, self-esteem issues. And we talk about this whole facade that everyone creates of their life online and this facade, not unlike the resort in this movie. This is just this very carefully curated little oasis in, in the middle of reality that you've made. But he talked about the self-observation aspect of the online world and the social media world, that not only are you are you doing this voyeuristic thing, but you're constantly looking at yourself. That's so weird, and that really has no precedence. I mean, I, I liken a lot of social media to, like, the old checkout supermarket tabloids and uh, gossip news shows and things like that, but, you know, it's always fun to watch other people, but this, like, observing yourself all the time. You're not only creating this this world, but you're looking at yourself and you can delete yourself you can put something up there you can create it you can take it down people do that all the time you ever see people post something and they oh decided against that one Felt goes cute. away might dele- might delete later <laughs> that's such a weird yeah. thing so that's kind of like they're looking at themselves in this movie every time they get doubled then they watch themselves be killed and there's a couple of great fake outs too i'm going to have to put a spoiler warning in the middle in the start of this whole segment because this movie is like one reveal after another, really keeps you off balance. So there is the the scene where all of them are are doubled. Was the scene where all of them first get killed? Yeah. Did that get you as much as oh, it got? Oh, me it got me. Totally got me. One hundred percent. Yeah. I was wondering that today because, like, I knew it ran I knew out. what it was. You know, obviously, like yeah. second, third watch. But I'm like, man, I remember how I felt when I saw that for the first time. <gasps> and I yeah. felt like an asshole. Yeah. Like, and I then was you're like, like, oh, wait a minute. Money is more important. <laughs> oh, oh it was what that, was I thinking? Yeah, it was like that moment where I was like, oh, yeah, f- good. You know what? Good for you guys, you police. You put an end to this stuff. <laughs> and that, no. I'm like, I should have known. It's not that it, yeah, far well, in. But it's so intense that 
it, it's just it's such an intense scene that you're not it, it gets you before you can think of how much time is left in the movie or whatever that you're is like, true it does well, move very very you know well. maybe it goes somewhere well else paced. here but it seems real when it happens and then you hear the applause you're like oh got me <laughs> <laughs> what does the end mean though I don't know. I love it though. It just means... I love it too, but it like does he literally I mean they're closing the resort for the quote unquote season. Right. Rain so season. Is he just coming. gonna hang out in the rain? I don't know. I think he's gonna die. I thought he was gonna die. That's how you took it. I hoped. By his own hand? I don't know. By the rain. Infinity pool too. Yeah, and Infinity Pool too. They should really take advantage of the fact Electric that like Boogaloo. your social media uh, analogy just made me think of this. You re- they're really missing out if they have this much money. Like, really fuck with your double. Like, give it like a giant head or like you know six arms. Like, they could really Cronenberg could take the body horror thing to a whole new level. Yeah, well, they're you gonna got have to do the sequel money. on a smaller budget, so you're gonna have to scale it back from that idea. I would love to know the budget. I bet it's not that huge. All the effects in the hallucination scene stuff because they they end up doing this drug, this local drug. They, they inhale the fumes of this drug and they all Ekigate. hallucinate and have orgies and all that. All practical, all in camera effects. They spent dozens of hours doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Very technical shit. You can read about hanging gels off of strings in front of mirrors and doing all this stuff to make these crazy effects. All done in camera. Same thing in Possessor. We talked about that yeah. when we covered Possessor. Yeah, and I, th- I think they've developed some of those techniques even yeah. further. Those kind of sequences can be so shitty. Yeah, yeah. You know, if they're done, just like a bunch of things chopped together and flashing at you, it's like, okay, that's really cheap thrill. But th- these are done really stylized. Yeah, I liked it, and I, I, I really, really worked for me. Those they're very like Mandy. Uh, yeah, but they come in a film that's very unlike. In, in a film like Mandy, you expect that to be coming because the entire movie is kind of like that. In these, those scenes are very out of nowhere, kind of, and and I, the I fact that they're done that well. When people take drugs in movies where terrible things happen, as soon as people start taking drugs. I get like excited watching it because I know like some crazy shit's <laughs> yeah, gonna go yeah. down. You know what I mean? Like, and oh, I yeah, like to nice. see what visual effects they use to depict the feeling of the drug as well, because that's always a fun part of the movie. The next film I chose for Lifestyles of the Rich and Heinous, 2022's Flux Gourmet, directed by Peter Strickland. A trio of experimental performance artists, known for their process of sonic catering, where they extract disturbing sounds from various foods, take up residency at a remote artistic institution run by a wealthy, enigmatic director who is funding the project. The group is led by a narcissistic, controlling woman named Elle. A self-described hack journalist named Stones is hired to document the day-to-day activities of the group while dealing with unpleasant gastrointestinal disorders. As Stones documents the artistic collective's power struggles, vendettas, rehearsals, performances, and sordid history, he increasingly becomes a participant in the artistic proceedings. Speaking of enigmatic directors... Peter Strickland, 
We were also talking about In Fabric. But this is very much a dark comedy. It's about butt stuff, lots of poop stuff, lots of fart jokes, uh, lots of low-key fart jokes. I like that this movie is incredibly slow. It's incredibly boring. But I like its commitment to itself being as artsy as the characters it's depicting in this crazy uh, conservatory or whatever they're in. Uh, I would love to go to a place like this. Dr. Glock is a great doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love his character, and he's also amazing in in Fabric. The only thing I would say is this movie, like, reeks of certain influences, but it kind of makes up for that with original humor. And I like the concepts of they're kind of like posers deep down, and everyone's trying to out-art each other. But yeah, I I love this. Uh, The dialogue is what really sends this one home for me. Uh, It's really deadpan. And the narrative voiceovers about the the gastro stuff is just uh, beautiful. Mm. Dave always walks the line more than any of us on how he sneaks movies onto the podcast. Shudder. This this is Shudder's fault. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it. It's on Shudder. But right what's now. interesting is we, you've already brought up in Fabric a couple times, and Strickland also did uh, Barbarian Sound Studio. I want to see that. Have you seen that? Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, my God. That looks so good. I had good. no idea until today that he, that he was the same person behind that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. why? I want to see that. I should really hate this movie. This is every single thing about this. I should hate it, and I didn't. I actually really enjoyed this. I kept a really big distance between watching this and Infinity Pool, and I, I started with this one and made sure that I was fully out of, like I hadn't watched a horror movie in a minute, hadn't really watched anything, and I, I could tell that this was going to be like a very singular experience like something very original definitely it is (laughs) it is long as fuck so long but it's structured in a way that it made it it made it move along like well enough for me and that it's basically about you know this place that they're in and the the three people in the collective and you're you're kind of getting through like Stones is like dialogue and then his interview with each of the characters, then their performances, and they each have like an after dinner speech. So it's kind of structured very well to kind of get you to the end of it. Um, This one would not be even remotely watchable if not for the cast. Gwendolyn Christie is Jen Stevens. (laughs) Brienne of Tarth uh, is phenomenal in this. But not something that I'm going to talk about with my horror friends a whole lot. Mm. Honestly, this movie's about Stones, for me. He's the only real artist, unintentionally, in the (laughs) entire movie. uh, And ends up being the only true artist. And and, and I, I think I spent most of the movie wondering, do places and people like this really exist? God, I hope not. I think I'm a little speechless, over this film, Trent asked me for a preliminary take earlier today, and I was just like, I don't really. It's poop. It's a poop fever dream. I can't say that I understood what this movie was trying to accomplish, but what I experienced was a weirdly whimsical and often confusing uh, sensory overload. I thought all the characters were were really fun to watch and 
I thought there were some little funny moments, like uh, when Elle always says Jen Stevens whenever she enters everyone, the room. Everyone says her I name just love as it. soon as she walks into I just love any it. room. Jen, Jen Stevens. Stevens. Jen Stevens. Mildly funny. <laughs> I thought that was very humorous to me. What I'm not a big fan of is poop and poop adjacent things. So there were many times while watching this movie that I was just like, oh, no, um, no, thank you, please. The rest of the time, it seemed like a quirky Wes Anderson yes. movie. Yes. You know, I kind of was like, is this a horror film? No. Is it horrible? I don't know. Could be. The dynamics of the band were interesting. Again, it's like all about characters, I think, in this one for me. The Billy Kid was real weird with his egg fetish. I feel like this movie uh, was kind of made for or could cater to people with food-related fetishes, personally. There's a lot of rolling around in food. I've seen a lot of photo shoots done this way, so I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Sitting on cakes and whatnot. Uh, Popping balloons, maybe. Um, so if that's your thing, I'd say definitely give this movie a try. Absolutely. If it's not your thing, uh, maybe just watch it anyway and uh, experience the the weirdness. There's There's a lot going on. There's a lot to take in. I was confused as to why it was classified in the horror genre. The only thing I could think of is at the end, when the blender scene happens, I suppose yeah. that elicited a horror fan reaction that, That's what me. I was thinking too, but that's not, that's, and we'll talk about that too. I missed something else? there that, well, I missed something What at else the could end. it be? What'd you well, miss at the end? I, well, you finish your, finish what you're- This is my take. Your page here. That was my take. It's done. I think this is, uh, first of all, if this is supposed to be a satire of unbearably pretentious art by being unbearably <laughs> pretentious <laughs> art in itself, bravo, genius, bravo. the cinema. <laughs> However, I had a tough time sitting through all two hours of this unbearably impenetrably, incredibly pretentious fucking art. Mm. Oh my God. I love me some art house horror, but this is, first of all, it's not horror. So, okay, it's on Shutter right now. I watched In Fabric before this. I'd never seen In Fabric, the Strickland film from 2018. That's a straight out horror movie. It's almost like a crazy Jalo movie. That was amazing. I want to watch that again because I, you know, was trying to get it in before I watched this. And so that's VOD right now. I think this is on Shudder and it's classified as horror because of In Fabric. That was kind of a, a minor sensation among enthusiasts. Also, the movie that you mentioned, Kevin, that I haven't seen yet. I think that once a filmmaker is established as being in a certain genre and, and you're established with your PR, and you're established with your promotion context, and the studios need to know where to put this fucking movie that's about people doing shit with food they're recording tomato sauce okay and like what do we do right, just put this out to the, the fans of strickland that's the only thing mm. you can do with this movie is put it out to the fans of peter strickland's work and i think shutter was probably happy to jump on this we've talked about how aggressive shutter has been in getting these movies and they jumped on this one the only thing that this movie really for me the thing that got me through it was the character stones and his constant voiceover soliloquies about his flatulence that are spoken in French, but then then su subtitled, oh, is it German? Yeah. But then subtitled, that's even better. 
I thought, <laughs> I, I thought it was French the whole time. But then subtitled in English. So he's giving these long, these inner monologue narrations to himself. And it sounds like poetry, you know? But it, but then you read the captions and he's just talking about his gas the whole entire time. He's, he's tortured by it. He's in a prison of flatulence. It's very funny. And I knew, because I had seen this once before, but not I didn't really pay as much attention. I think I put this on a late night thing. And I just remembered that about it. So it was even funnier the second time knowing that, okay, this guy's going to narrate the whole movie about his flatulence uh, in a foreign language. But beyond that, I mean, oh my God, those grocery shopping scenes. You're in the shop and then they all have to act like they're in a grocery store, but they're miming. They're miming. They're fucking miming being in a grocery store for long stretches of this film. It's repeated every time a new one would start. I'd like, Oh, sink deeper into mm-hmm. the couch. Like, you got to be kidding me again with miming the fucking grocery store. Can't recommend this one. I would recommend In Fabric, and I'm excited to see that other Strickland movie that you mentioned. Barbarian Kevin. Sound Studio. Yeah, that looks good. Well, the only thing about this coming from Peter Strickland is saying that it's not a horror movie is kind of a spoiler. You know what I mean? Because. Sure. It can kind of go anywhere, and it does kind of go somewhere horror with what you were confused about. I don't know if we want to get into spoiler spoil, stuff. We've been spoiling guys, right along. Let's spoil some more. This whole, I'm, just because the movie moves slow doesn't mean we have to. That's right. <laughs> so at the end, let's, let's was, at the end, I thought that L was eaten by the troop. Right, and that would be... Shot in the head and then eaten by everyone right. would be horror yes. to me. Yes. A little bit. But she was in the crowd. She was not shot. It, everything, again, was a setup. She had sunglasses. Did you notice that? I thought I did, but then I was like, that makes no fucking sense. So why it. would it's that just mo- like, why would it happen? perfect sense. Every single person that is a quote-unquote artist in this movie is a fake except for well, the guy that at no. the beginning of the movie said he's a hack writer. Right. He's the only one that ends up being an actual that's a, artist. One, that's a great... Uh, I like that, Kevin. I didn't think of that really. One big thing we haven't talked about is the flanger at all. <laughs> <laughs> the flanger. I did like, like the flanger. <laughs> you must have loved the flanger I did, stuff. I did. In, in a to world of so musicians that are always talking about shit, they don't even know the fucking thing is plugged in or whatever. Flat, yeah, flanger. That's, what, I, that's symbol, what it clicked like, to me that they were making fun of like a lot of things that I do all the time like you know what I mean? like <laughs> art doesn't fucking matter the flanger being down a little bit and people are all arguing about it but that shit really happens, happens. when you make things <laughs> it happens and the funniest thing was that that's their their financer that becomes right. like her big right. thing that they have to like her big imposition on the group not even not using it but using it a little less people would be like what happened with that record deal like uh, well, to be honest, we just got an argument over a flanger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so real. Man. What is flanger? <laughs> and then she doesn't know what it is, and then it becomes the absolute. She's she's, she's going like, to stick to her you. guns yeah. about this flanger that she just found out somebody was using. And everyone call it calls about like like you just found out what a flanger was two days ago. Now you're obsessed with it. <laughs> Well, it's all about power when you're an artist, you know what I mean? Well, the audio is cool in this, and I wasn't shocked to find out that apparently Strickland has a band called the Sonic Caterers or Sonic Catering. Oh, really? 
And they're wow. the ones that, they, that you can go to soniccatering.com and it goes all the way back to like the early 2000s. And it, is this what he does, though? I think that he and, and his bandmates did the actual, all of like the sounds and the audio and stuff you hear in this. Well, I think that's It's another cool. big part of uh, the Sound Studio movie that he did that I think you'll really enjoy. I think it's cool. Like, this would be huge on TikTok we were talking about, like making sounds with like vegetables and stuff uh, and, and mixers and that kind of stuff. That would be huge. You think that'd be cool? Yeah, I've, I've seen TikTok? stuff like it. You think the teens uh, where people are watch send me that? a like people play like a watermelon or something and they like tilt it and it makes different tones and like a theremin kind of, but with food. It, I, I guess something like kill that. me. <laughs> kill me. <laughs> Wait, you don't want to go on another social media <laughs> dialogue? <laughs> I was just the idea. <laughs> Listen to the cantaloupe, bro. No, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but but like they're doing dub effects and stuff with like I know. all that stuff. I it's kind of I mean I I'm just trying to be you know a little open minded. Twisting but, knobs, like, trying twisting. I love when you're knobs, listening yeah. to like basically white noise and there's a guy feverishly <laughs> doing stuff. This this movie does that so well. Oh my god, he's you think this guy was in control of an airplane yeah. right now? All you hear is a fucking white noise. In charge of an airplane. <laughs> um, I am curious as to why there's the rival. The mangrove snacks. Uh, I don't the, think they yeah. they don't exist. They're not the, so like they're just a they're a ruse to do the end to manipulate them. I didn't. I guess weird. I didn't. Yeah. Well, I definitely didn't get that at the end. But so that kind of shows you that when they when they go to retrieve the flancher, because <laughs> they're all they are the, the mangrove snacks. That's the scene that tells. They're not you the police. No, when they go to when they find the police, they all get dressed up in black. They're that's oh. the mangrove snacks outfits, right? Yeah, I, but I think oh, they just okay. did that to go steal the flanger. Yeah, yeah. But is that what? But they're, they're not the mangrove snacks. They're not. No, the mangrove snacks actually shoot Ella. Oh, at the and, end. We, and they are different people. They show them. Yeah, they show them. True, but they're not. You know, but, they but that could was be hired. The shooting was staged, though. She didn't get shot. She's in the audience at the end, watching the performance. And well, somebody. but her head's wrapped up in a scarf, I think, uh, to hide, but also because of I the injury. See. So mm. th- maybe the shooting wasn't staged, but then she took advantage of it. Yeah. Immediately, the recognized other the chance thread. To... I don't want to get too deep into this fucking movie what? because that's you know, hey, the other. I, mean, thing I like this movie. You would. L is. I did too. I just you know, it's that's... it's no infinity pool. Let's be honest with ourselves. Oh, that's true. It's true. Elle is the the member of the group that is, I think you called her narcissistic cat. She is unbearable, except to Stones. He's the only one that she shows like any kindness towards. Like when he's mm. in the bathroom having, she's his, really like, concerned. She wants to help multiple him multiple times. Flash. They show like, yeah. and I think at the end, it's almost like this sort of like she realizes that the most artistic thing she can do is like step out of the performance and let Stones step in. And the most artistic thing that happens is when he allows. His uh, prostate exam to be televised. Yeah. That that's that's what it all comes down to. The most artistic thing that happens by anyone in the whole movie is when he lets them watch um, a thing go up his ass. But it's never it's never uh, talked about tomorrow. He talks about his appointment with the doctor tomorrow, like it's a regular appointment. Right. But they're always and part it, of the art. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> like he's, the, he's regretting it when he's on it's during like installation. the installation. He said, "This is." Too much revelation for art. This I shouldn't be. I'm sacrificing every ounce of dignity I have. People are looking at the inside of my bowels, and yet, paradoxically, that's the most artistic thing that happens. I think that's part of the. I kept waiting I during the dinner scenes 
<clears throat> I kept waiting for like a, a your next moment. Yeah. Which is kind of what happens. Kind of happens, At yeah. the end. But I was waiting for it every single time. And I think where this got me is one is on Shutter, And I kept, because it is listed as horror everywhere you look, I kept waiting for horror. Yeah. Yeah. Even like the most like out there, you know, something to like kind of pull a horror thread. I kept waiting for that. Uh, and it, it does not, it does not come until the end, until the very, very end. Did anybody catch L's full name in this? LDL or something? It's LDL. Middle middle name is D I D. It's L D L cholesterol. Yeah, all the names. There are a number are of wordplay Billy, names. Billy Rubin. Billy Rubin yeah, is. It's all. What's Billy a, Rubin? A, a compound found in feces. Billy Rubin is the kid, the boy there. That's poop. In the poop, Kevin. How'd you do with the? I was uh, I was fine. They they let you know pretty quickly it, that it wasn't poop. Yeah, yeah. Or so was it? Poop? I know that I have like the poop thing, as in I. I'm not like into it. I'm like grossly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna click not that cake, one part. I'm not taking Dave's role on the show. I'm into the poop thing. The whole like farting and gastrointestinal, all of that. So it doesn't bother me. Uh, so I, I was pretty smearing. fucking grossed out for a few minutes. And, yeah. But they pretty. They don't really leave any suspense there. They let you know what? almost instantly. You're questioning it until that. the until the assistant finds the jar. You you yeah. don't really know for sure until he finds the jar and that's and he tastes it. I thought of you though because I was, you know, watching this fucking thing and then that scene started when she starts with with smearing the poop and I thought, ah, oh, okay, this is why Dave wanted Kevin to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. I could hear you in my. I could hear you gagging. Yeah, this yeah. Was... It wasn't it wasn't fun, but it, it not the worst. We've we've done a lot worse to me on the show. This movie ended up just running. After something else that was playing in the studio, it was a week where I had a lot of uh, artists in here I had never worked with before. And usually during a session, at some point, someone's like, dude, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> and there was a lot of that this week. Because uh, Infinity between the Pool two of these, yeah. This. Oh, the, speaking of Infinity Pool and the, and the, the movies as a pair, I didn't realize there are a ton of orgies in this the first time. I right. didn't really like get every that. day, yeah. every day after every performance <laughs> by the troupe. What the audience? The and audience the troupe. They all go back all and those have trippy a huge scenes orgy. after each like actual performance. They were all the trippy scenes that those are yeah. orgies. You didn't that see are all the orgy scenes except after the poop performance because it's so trippy that you were just like, oh God, I you think know. I looked away. That's what happened to me the first the time. I, I didn't even realize. <laughs> Yeah, it was time for the bong rip. This is the most boring, <laughs> the most boring movie I've ever seen that has three orgies. <laughs> that is true. Damn, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I did love Richard Bremer as Doctor Glock, though he is he's yeah, amazing. So, every moment he's on screen, when he's about to give the results, <laughs> the test results, <laughs> to Stone, and he just keeps doing that I thing. Where he was saying he keeps pausing. I'm mean, brilliant, brilliant. That was so funny, and then. Stone grabs him. There are just very, very funny when he's, t- he's shitting on the guy's job, and then he's like, well, I, sp- I suppose it's better than staring into smelly orifices for a living. <laughs> yeah, he just, <laughs> he's like, keeps telling him how bad his breath is. Yeah. <laughs> My God. <laughs> uh, Strickland, uh, Strickland directed uh, Bjork concert film, 2014. Bjork Biophilia Live. And uh, the thing that intrigued me that I forgot about, Barbarian Sound Studio... It's about a, a sound engineer 
who thinks he's going to do sound work on a movie about horses, but he he's actually ends up working on a, a gory Italian giallo movie. That's a great setup for a movie. I want to see it. It's been out for a while. You yeah, guys that's all excited like about 10. it like you couldn't have seen it for the last... I think it might be I, however many I could be wrong. I've heard I believe. of it. Next week, checking out a film from 2018 called Terrified. That's nothing to do with the Terrifier franchise. Also, a film from 2020 called Relic, and those are both on Shudder. <laughs>